Ochoa. I have a question for you today. Shockingly, not on a Saturday night. It is Monday night. Yes, Squeeze, it is. <laughs> squeezing in a podcast uh, whenever we can. But my question is to you is, you stayed after work today to participate in an event called... Uh, Hispanic Heritage Night that we have at our campus every year. Um, Usually I pop in to say hi. I had to go take care of something today, so I did not get to take part in the festivities. But this is your first one on our campus. I just wanted you to share some of your insights, takeaways, whatever you would like to share. I'm just curious at how it went. And this is an open-ended question. You see, my questions are getting better as we continue this life that we live on the podcast Well, I think that the people who organized it did a wonderful job. Of course, I'm on the committee, so that's why I was there, but I didn't organize it. I'm just on the committee. However, uh, my job was popcorn. So I think I met everybody there because I think everybody just about had popcorn. So we were giving popcorn out. And uh, so about two and a half hours there, I was busy making popcorn. And so... Anyway, that was pretty good. I did. Cha- I did. Somebody did give me a break though, so I went and challenged some guys on the these students. I said, you know, I bet I can beat you at that cornhole game, and they were like, well, you take both of us on then. I said, all right, I will, and they beat me, and I'm not happy about it. We were tied for a long time, and then finally they got the last one in. I'm going to blame it on the you know, equipment. You're pretty good at cornhole too. I mean, I know, so- I've I've seen it in in uh, action. We did. Didn't you remember when we did uh, I, our staff development and uh, yeah, they were all trying. You just walked up there and threw it in every time. I mean, that's skill. <laughs> like if you're not good at anything else, you're good at that. So <laughs> I can do that. But I thought I could beat those boys. Well, you know, it was me against them. But you think I could have had more in? But they have these. They. They didn't play with the big heavy ones. They only played with the little bitty ones. And I just could not get the little I need a little bit of weight to make it happen. So my big my big ones went in, but they they anyway, they beat me. I I'm not I, I just can't hardly even talk about it because I'm not really good at losing. So we'll move on. We had some dancers and uh these little girls, they were just precious. This uh, dance club came out and they um they had these beautiful dresses and they did all different types of dances from the uh, Hispanic uh, culture. And uh, we had a great time. There were people making flowers and the kids were walking around with their flowers. It was so cute. And then we had some coloring and like you already know about the cornhole. And then we had a cakewalk and uh, we had music and some people were dancing and we had a lot of parents show up. You know, we talked a while back about what you can do to get parents more involved. And we had quite a few uh, came up and we did serve some free popcorn and water. And so they were able to partake in that and so that, you know, they didn't go hungry. But it lasted from about five to seven We. Um, I made one more batch at the very end because right when it ended, all these kids decided they wanted more. So I got permission to make more. So anyway, we, we tore up the popcorn, tore it up, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, I'm really proud of our school for doing it. Mr. 
uh, well, I'm not going to say his name, but we did have somebody that you know um, that is in charge of our principals. He showed up and gave me a, said, you know, talked about how I can multitask and see me do almost everything on in the <laughs> district. So, uh, you know, kind of gave me a little hard time about doing the popcorn. Said he finally found a job for me to do. So he was kind of teasing me. That's so so anyway, but uh, it, it was kind of fun. I mean, not kind of fun. It really was fun, but now I'm a little bit tired. So. Well, with that wonderful start to the episode, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Craft and Draft podcast. I'm Jacob Chastain. That's Pam Ochoa. We are two seventh grade English teachers down here in the state of Texas using what we know and love in writing workshop to get kids engaged in reading and writing in authentic ways and trying to move them academically while we do that. On this show, we talk about everything under the sun in terms of the workshop process process and everything else. And we love taking questions. And sometimes we use your questions for a whole episode. And sometimes we don't get any questions. And then we have episodes like we have right now. But that's okay. Everyone is living their lives. If you have a question, you should always submit it so we can hit it. Actually, that's not true. We did have one, but we're going to save that because this episode is going to be a little shorter because like we said at the top of this, this is a Monday night, not recording on our usual Friday. We're going to just talk forever. We have some scheduling conflict. So we're going to save that one uh, for one of the longer episodes. But in this episode, uh, everyone, we're going to be talking about the, the quality of publishing that we're looking for. So when students finish stuff... What, what is that end result that we talk about so much, that publishing piece of this? Um, I just figured this would be an interesting uh, conversation to have, you know, not not a full hour episode, maybe, but, you know, just sit here and, and go over what that looks like. What are we actually looking for and why? And I think, um, you know, I think we might have some answers and some ponderings about this, but welcome to Craft the Draft, ladies and gentlemen. All righty. Miss Ochoa. Publishing, the big P, as they call it, in our campus. That is not true. We've never said that <laughs> term say, before. I've never heard that. <laughs> Go on in. Tell audience whatever that you think they want to hear. <laughs> you know what? We have to sound cooler than we are, you know? Well, there's I don't like, there's... the big P is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I just, sometimes you just got to say things, right? It's like, I mean, the, when we started out craft and draft, I don't know if you've ever said this on the podcast, but our, the initial name for the podcast was POJ or not podcast, but the, the system was POJC, Pam Ochoa, Jacob Chastain. And we went and presented to (laughs) a group of teachers in our district and we were one of the sessions that they could choose and people, you know, they came in and they enjoyed it. We had fun and whatnot. But then like when everyone was comfortable, they're like, oh yeah, it sounds like a prison thing. (laughs) Like, oh, maybe we should change that. (laughs) We need to do something different. You know, a lot of my family members have gone to jail and whatnot. I have never once been associated those types of letters with prison. So I don't know if I missed the memo. Well, it kind of makes me wonder what they were doing, but that's okay. That's right. You see, it's more revealing about them than me. But in any case, we are at the end of a grading period, and what we try to shoot for is students to kind of be finishing up their pieces for, you know, a variety of ways. You know, we're... I would say that you and I are both open to allowing them to go past these things, but there's like a soft 
medium soft uh, deadline at the end of the six weeks. Would you say that for the, for them to be finishing up their writing? Yeah, because, I mean, I have to have something. Well, we're required to have so many test grades and so many Yeah, we grades, use it so. as a test grade. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to publishing, Miss Ochoa, I, I'm mm-hmm. curious because we, we, we've talked about this and you have – you know, you're the the strategy queen in terms of polishing and peer editing and everything, and uh, j- just kind of going through those to really polish up stuff. But when it comes to students submitting a piece, and le- I want to be clear because people, I don't know if everyone, you know, not everyone is a is a common listener. They might not know what we mean by that. So let, let's start there, actually, before we jump into why or the the publishing side of things when when you say publish a piece for the six weeks or publish two pieces or whatever what does that mean to you or is it just essays is it very specific what are you looking for in terms of product well i want to make sure that um, the students have had time to go through the entire writing process and what i mean by that is that they've had a chance to look at several different ideas and then pick something and then actually write what they want to write. And then uh, from there, I've taught so many lessons. So they've had to go back into their writing and do different things to it to kind of make it better. You know, I teach them different ways to go back into their writing. And so, and then I also provide some sharing time where they share their writing. And then um, anyway, and then when it comes to the publishing time, we go in and we re- we do some revising where they mark up their paper. Uh, we'll be doing some of that tomorrow in my classes, I thought I was going to get to it today, but we didn't. And so they're going to go in and uh, look at their uh, verb tenses and make sure that their verbs are appropriate. And then after they do that, then then they're going to um, edit. So they do peer editing. And then from there, they, they get one more chance to fix it. And then they'll turn it in. Um, but sometimes uh, when I really have time, uh, then I like for them to actually go and find places where they might publish their work and then see if some of them have some guts to go send it out. So I'm curious as to, because we, we've seen the, you know, everyone, I think in English, whether you've gone through the class or you're an English teacher, there's, there's this moment where, Teachers kind of the they you know they talk about taking the essays home and taking the pieces home and everything else and sit there and you got your red pen and you're going through it. Are you that person, Ochoa? Is that what you're doing with all of these, or how are you mitigating this? Because I feel like so many teachers in in, in the the English side of things they they just live and die by this take home you know eighty essays, one hundred and sixty essays go through all of this. What is what is the secret sauce to to not having that there? Do you just shun it? How how are you circumventing that process? Do I shun it? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I typically holistically grade most of the time and then I'll use a rubric other times. But when I I'm looking at the whole piece in general a lot of times and I look at that and then I only focus on the areas that I taught. For the, that six weeks. So we've been looking for, we've been doing uh, our focus this time around has been informational text. 
So I'm going to be looking for evidence of, did they try some of the things that we found in our reading? And I looked around today, and as the students were writing, and I've got I've got some charts and graphs, and uh, one student said, hey, look, look, Ms. Ochoa, I did a map, you know. So, so then I got to go in and say, okay, but remember, we have to give credit when we, if it's not theirs, you have to give credit. So we talked a little bit about that and they put their captions underneath their pictures and they're making it look like an actual genuine article. But I know it's theirs because it's in their craft book, handwritten. And like I had one that actually hand wrote her, she drew her her um, charts and stuff in her uh, craft book and then now she's transferred it to the computer. So Draft it's kind of neat to watch them work. Do what? Draft. I, I said the wrong thing. My fault. Thank you. That's draft okay. book. I still it want people to be confused. Back. Wait, you said. And I have been making. You said draft. <laughs> and they will. My kids do that too. They'll go. Is that y'all? What did you mean, really? Yeah. 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 I do that sometimes. I do confuse my letters sometimes. Yeah. No. It's it's cool. You know. Side subject. I love. There's a, there's several people who are listeners of this podcast who. Like they'll be like, oh yeah, we have. I, I shared my table of contents, what it, what my first two six weeks were on uh, social media, and that I had a bunch like just kind of DM me or whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're one of them was like, oh I forgot to do that, I need to add the ta- the TOC, uh-huh. or some of them were like, yeah, we have several lessons in our craft books now. It's wild that that uh, that people Take are. It off. Yeah, they're using it and they're they're finding success with it and whatnot. So that's awesome. But um, yes, th- this process of going through things. Now, there's one thing I want to talk to you before I kind of give my two cents on this. I want to ask you another question because I've always found this interesting. And I feel like this is – I've never heard anyone say this outside of this person. But in The Middle by Nancy Atwell, she yeah. talks about uh, – how she serves as the final editor on student pieces. It's very brief. It's like one line where she says this, but she talks about how professional writers get editors, right? I have editors. I just got edits back, right? My final edits for rightfully empowered. And I mean, I've, it's gone through, not only has it gone through beta readers and myself and just readers that I know, but it's also gone through three professional edits, right? And they, I mean, everything from content to sentence structure to, uh, logical progression of thought to commas Mm -hmm. and everything else. So How do you feel about this idea? Because I feel like in teacher land, we want, we, we always, you know, we want the, the, the students to do it. But if we're thinking in terms of writer creating authentic writing experiences, wouldn't they at some point have someone that was far better than them go through and do maybe a final look or a final suggestion piece on what to change, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and I know the part that you're talking about in Nancy Atwell, but um, but I don't do it at the beginning. I don't do it the first semester. If I'm going to do it, it's probably going to be uh, around January ish. Uh, the reason, or the middle of the year, because I want to build their confidence, and I just really feel like most of my feedback right now is more done in conferencing and I, I, in more of a positive note, I point out what they're doing that works. And then when I talk to them, like today, as I was telling you, they were do, showing me their pictures and they were real proud of what they're doing, but it gave me a way to enter into their writing in a 
they've invited me into their writing. So therefore I'm in the middle of their writing and I'll say, do you mind if I make a suggestion? Oh no, tell us. Well, see now I'm not threatening. And so then I'm like, well, you need to add this part here. You're missing this or uh, make sure you use uh, this type of font and those kinds of things. So there are certain things that I did want, but I, but I allowed, I put it in such a way that they kind of invited me into their piece. And then maybe later when they feel more comfortable, um, I will be more editor, but I don't, I don't usually blanket that. I usually kind of know my kids and I try, if they're kind of gingerly coming along the process, I'm not going to jump in there quickly like that. I'll be more on the positive side and showing them what they're doing that works rather than what they're not doing. But if they, but I'll go ahead and correct them. If I see them, I'll see a comma in the wrong spot. If they've got a comma splice and I'll let them know, I'll take that moment right there and I'll teach comma splices to them and, you know, talk to them about, you know, where that comma needs to be. But that usually shows up at, at the editing stage. You know, it's so funny. I was, uh, in terms of just grammar stuff, I, this year I had a lot of students just writing in like with no commas or periods whatsoever, mm-hmm. or like the serial comma, just like constantly using it. Yeah, um, it's like they sprinkle it in. Yeah. Well, it was so funny because I was like, I'd usually, it, like usually they, what's happening is they try to combine sentences in funny ways, but this was more like a, they were just kind of rambling with no whatever, like no pauses or anything. And I've been working with them on that and kind of pushing for this or that. And what I'm seeing is they have a lot of, they're starting to use it more. Now they're not using it correctly all the time, right? We're still working on... (laughs) Well, you know, like just even like, oh, just be like, I was trying to get them comfortable with like, just create a simple sentence. Like, it's okay. It is okay to say, I went to the store, period. Right. Like, you don't have to say, I went to the store and I did this and I did this and I did this. <laughs> and, right. and, and going through that process has been interesting because as I'm closing out uh, this six weeks with their drafts, tons of writing has been done. Um, I, I love this time because it, it's so fun when students are kind of putting everything down, like they, they've picked a piece. Um, in some instances, they've picked two pieces, uh, and they're they're on the their way to crafting uh, the the final thing is what it would be uh, after all of their revisions and whatnot, typing it up. And it's kind of fun because a lot of them uh, have played with structure in different ways. It was so funny. There was a student who wrote this piece that was really, it was really too short for what they were trying to do. And this is a student who struggles, right? They, they have had, they're they're very self-conscious about their writing. Um, they, they're a little, uh, behind, so to speak, in how they craft sentences and, and write and uh, behind is probably the wrong word. You know, he's just there, there's gaps in what, uh, he has and he, he struggled to write this one piece, but it's kind of funny. He wrote a piece, his informational piece that he wanted to write was about, uh, this question, and this is going to sound vulgar, but it's really not as vulgar as it sounds, but he was, they were debating in my class or outside of the classroom, whether it, are you, are you naked if you have socks on? And so they were, <laughs> they were 
were having these discussions. And so he took a poll. He was like, I need data, Chastain. I said, well, go get data. So he walks around. He, you know, he just asks, right? He just asks them all. He creates all these tallies. And he ended up writing. And he goes, you know, I was honestly shocked by all of the answers. He was like, I was for certain people would be on my side and say that you are indeed naked if you only have socks on. But people said you weren't. And so he ends it with like, he goes, he kind of does his whole piece. It ends up being a really tiny paragraph. And he ends it with, and now... I don't know what to think or something like that. It was a hilarious ending. And I go, you know what? Let's do this. And I showed him, we worked on line breaks for a few days. We turned it into a poem because honestly, the way he wrote it kind of flowed that way. And it was so funny. And then I threw a line at him. I go, you have to end it with dot, dot, dot. And now I'm scared. Like, it's just a nice little thing. But that that process, though, of, you know, he, like he we took something and I could have pushed. Right. I could have been like, no, you need more words. It has to it has to be a pure article. And in and, and some instances, I did do that. Right. When students were writing enough to get there, I, I was really trying to encourage them. But this is a kid like he wasn't not writing this whole time. It's just he struggled with an idea. He struggled with the process and all this other stuff. And so we took his information we structured a different way made it a poem and then add a little funny hook at the end and guess what he went through a process of thinking through a piece he pulled data he used the data in his piece i mean he did all of that we just changed the structure and i feel like uh, you know there's a world where i could see why people would be uncomfortable with that no the assignment was you need to write what we're reading and we're reading informational so you can only publish informational pieces. And I, you know, I just, I, I get, and I, I, I could easily concede to someone who wanted to make that a hill that they wanted to die on, but I'm pretty comfortable with not dying on that hill. Like it really didn't matter to me because all of the essentials, like you said, were kind of there. What we were working on was present in the piece. So I can grade his stuff with informational, the, the standards that we taught, even though he kind of structured it into a poem with me as we were revising his work. And I, I got to ask, I mean, do, do you find yourself doing similar things to that? Like the vast majority of the stuff you did was pushing for those, that informational art, the informational writing, because that's what we were studying. But you know, if people decided to to change what they wanted to do, write a poem, write a story. Were you super strict and just saying, no, you can absolutely not do that. No, I wasn't strict, but I, I really, at this point, haven't had too many people that want to venture like you do, but then I don't, I don't have it as open-ended. I don't think as you are open-ended in your, in your, the way you approach it. So I haven't learned how to do that yet. I've watched you do it. I mean, I've been in your room. I've seen you do these things. And I, even though I try and I have it open-ended, I mean, it's open-ended in the sense that they choose their, their topic. I don't tell them they have to write an informational text, but because we've been studying informational text and that's the type that I've been sharing with them, then it just kind of naturally turned into that. But what's really cool is inside, they have little stories in there. They have examples because I had the model, uh, you know, are used, I guess, informational text. We were reading a lot of different ones. And I think naturally it, it just went that direction. And my, the way that we began is when they did um, their idea finding, most of the idea finding this time was more 
uh, things they want to learn more about. And so I think naturally the way I went about it, it came out to be most of mine are doing informational text. But I, I don't think I've had too many of them that have ventured where yours are venturing. But if they wanted to do a poem and do exactly what you said, I would not uh, probably keep them from doing that. But you know, right I, now, most of mine are doing informational text. I, I think the part of it is how I structure stuff. But honestly, I think why I get so many poems written is when I have found – I mean this is kind of a, the all of Rightfully Empowered is too is – that once students understand the freedom that poetry form offers them, they, mm-hmm. they really come to love it. And I can get even my most reluctant writers uh, to play with the, the poetic form because guess what? I mean, I, kids, we've, we've said this before on other podcasts, but people want to write. You don't learn to hate writing until school makes you hate it, right? Like you, right. you scribble. Everyone that's been around young kids, they scribble and they mark up. And we've been doing it since the cavemen days when we would put our hands on the walls and do everything else. It's literally literally built into us to make our mark on things. And then school kind of ruins that over a period of years or months or weeks, depending on uh, the school system and the, the district and how they decide to do writing. And so I, I have found that even the most reluctant writer, even the writer that has the, the, the most gaps, a, a seventh grader coming into my room and they're writing like they can hardly craft a sentence. They don't know what a verb is. They don't know where, how to create a simple sentence. They can't do any of that. If I show them a simple structure and say, hey, write whatever you want. Now type it up. Now look in here. If we hit enter, look what happens. Your line falls down. Now let's think of pockets of information, right? So what is this line doing? And what they do in that process, though, is it frees them to start playing with structure. They play with purpose. They play with meaning. And it's eventually we can go back into those pieces and start putting them back together, right? Sentence combining and sentence breaking. And and that whole uh, – this process is so useful because come February, those students who were barely uh, putting sentences down can now write full pieces and they can put them together and break them apart as they need. And I think this is where this poetry form comes in because a lot of the times if a student is struggling to write you know, three paragraphs, four paragraphs of something – I'm going to encourage them to write something uh, a little shorter, to dive into uh, that that poetry form. And I just, I don't know. I just, I, one, I love it because I think it's good, but I get so many, so much mileage out of allowing them to do that. And what's funny is you can do that with anything. You can do it with story. You can do it with personal narrative. You can do it with information. You can do it with argument. You can do it with all of that because the only change is the structure. Now, of course, I want them to know those other structures, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to do many lessons about that in our craft book. But when it comes to what they're creating, I, I it's it's the sometimes it's it's my secret door. It's I just open that door right. a little bit, and now I'm in there. Now they're thinking about all the things they wouldn't be thinking about, rather than thinking about, oh my god, I only have three sentences written out of a page that's supposed to be an informational essay. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I th- I just think the nature of the way I go about it with my pre writing is probably what sets it up. Uh, when we do, you know, we're about to supposed to be doing poetry. And uh, so where you're focusing on that. So I will do a lot of different 
types of uh, pre-writings that will lend itself to playing with language and playing with lines. And so then I think it'll automatically, they'll start writing more poetry. And then I think maybe once that happens, typically then I have them go back into all their different writings and see if they can change them up and look at all the different genres. So there'll probably be a time where I'll go back and then, so maybe I'm a little bit slower in freeing them up, but I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to be uh, restrictive. Well, I don't think you, to I don't think you are way. either. You know, I think it's uh, it, I think it comes down to style. I mean, we've said that uh, a million times. I mean, because I probably, in all honesty, I mean, there's probably uh, ground that I don't make up as fast. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, there are like when, when you're thinking of like classroom management, for instance, there's teachers who dive directly into stuff. And then there's teachers that take a long time to like set up their procedures and processes. And for me, like I understand why people want to take a while to set up stuff. I do it in small bursts. This is, this is like my mini lessons, right? It's like a, I think it's like, I don't know, maybe I have ADD now that I've been on the show talking about all of my randomness. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't going to mention that, Jacob. But now, you know, I'm I've not... never been diagnosed. Okay, well, you probably don't have it. Well, I don't know because every time, every time <laughs> we have these conversations, I go, "Yeah, I just love going real fast and then combining it all and then capturing it all." You know, it's like a, you know, Ron Clark in his book, uh, "Move This Bus" or "Move the Bus," "Drive the Bus," something like mm-hmm. that. It's it was his last book, little red book. It's very short. It's about like management and teams and stuff. And he uses this analogy of like if you're on a Flintstone bus, you have your runners, and the runners go really fast and they're really excited and they make a lot of mistakes, but they're the ones that just go forward. They're the ones who who move things the fastest. So you got to have a runner on your team because the the joggers need someone to follow. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's that's that's like his that's it's right. like his metaphor. And it here's the thing. He doesn't – the runners aren't perfect and stuff like that. I, I would like to believe that I'm a runner, although I do – because joggers, you know, are very com- – like they're they're the ones who – they're like the meat of the team. They're the ones who make things happen. You're going at a steady pace. You're making it happen. You're, you're, you're bringing everything together. You're rolling your eyes at the runner because they're tripping over and throwing up dirt and rocks and causing all of these other problems. And, I, you know, I can huh? see how, you know, just looking at it very simplified that way, we're, we're that way. We, we both need each other, but both are comfortable doing different things. And, you know, I feel like, so I think I do, like, I will lose some ground every once in a while because I do kind of go not scattershot. I feel like that gives me less credit than I deserve, but I definitely, (laughs) I definitely ping pong. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. So let's, I, 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 I do want to talk about just in terms of publishing, right? For a teacher who is maybe they're they're in workshop for the first time, or they're really like, you know what, my kids are writing. So, oh, so what, at what point do we publish? What should a published piece even look like? I mean, are your drafts? I mean, I I, I kind of know this answer, but I want to dive into it. Like, are your drafts error free? Are they uh, the this perfect example of stuff or, you know, is it, do you allow that messiness that, you know, we, they are seventh graders that it isn't ever going to be perfect and kind of 
playing with that. So at what level of polish, I guess is the question, are you, are you striving for, are you striving for anything? Do you allow the students to decide when they're done? All of those wrapped up into that question. Well, I try to have a strategy where they, like you said, you mentioned strategy earlier and it's, it's an editing strategy where the students are looking for certain things. So it's almost, I I kind of explain it where we're going to be like a magazine and I show them a magazine underneath the document camera and I show all the different editors. And so each one of them has a particular job that they have to do. And so I might, uh, so on this round, uh, whoever's across from you, I put them in pairs and whoever's across from you will um, like maybe in charge of, of whatever we've been working on. If it's capitalization, then they might be in charge of just that or in charge of spelling or in charge of um, punctuation. And then um, they will rotate partners. So one group stays and another person goes, I put them in a line. Uh, Abydos calls that clocking. But, um, and so then what they'll do is they'll exchange a paper. So like if you and I are across from each other, then we'll exchange our papers. Uh, now they almost exchange their computers, but I might tell you, you're really responsible for looking at each other's, um, spelling. So then you go back and you look at the spelling. It just depends on what we're working on. So if we've been doing sentence combining, then I want to look at internal punctuation. So one round, you're looking at internal punctuation, but you're not going to stay across from that same person the whole time. You're going to shift down. And then the next round, we look at internal punctuation, and we're going to look at uh, are the commas in front of the coordinating conjunction? Or are they not in a compound sentence? So you're going to be looking for that. So uh, whatever we're working on, I do want them to try to do their best at it. And then the um, the editor will record what they find. And then it's up to the writer to fix it. And then I give them a chance to fix it. And then they turn it in. I don't expect it to be, you know, perfect. But if we've been working on a particular skill, or in editing, then they need to be doing that. Uh, earlier in the process, I've already taken care of the revision uh, when it deals with, uh, uh, let me see, tent, verb tense, uh, things like that, uh, sentence variety, uh, those types of things I dealt with through revision. And so then I actually look at specific editing. So then they they give them a chance to correct it and then they turn it in. Um, I've also been known to just let them handwrite it and put it on something kind of cute so that we can put it up on the wall. So uh, to me, uh, publishing is when you have actually are now at a point where you as a writer are willing to put it in front of the public. Therefore, it's published. And if it has some, so hopefully when they're going to put it in front of the public, then um, they want to fix their mistakes where it's more authentic. They might be more tuned to that. If they know somebody's going to look at it, they usually jump in there a little bit more. Me, they don't feel like that. I should be the one. I mean, they're not that, I'm not that important to fix for. <laughs> but if I, if they're going to put it in front of their friends, they start fixing it to the best of their ability. But it had to be perfect. You know, I have, I have one final question on this because I, I feel like someone else might be thinking this, but 
Do you have specific phases that you worked with them through? So do you say, all right, we're drafting this week, next week we're revising, next week we're editing or anything like that? Or, or do you have a, a schedule that you push them through or is it fairly open with how they move through the process? That's a good question. I, I think I've done both. But as far as schedule, it's not a it's not a Monday we pre-write, Tuesday we do this, Thursday we do that. It's, it's nothing like that. It's more of I kind of conference and based on my conferences and what I'm seeing out there is when I start to move them. So I might move them. Uh, some of them like to stay back. And so when, when I move them, it's more like uh, we need to share. We're now, we've, we've all got three or four pieces down. We need to pick one and they need to pick one to share with others. So we typically do a sharing. And then after the sharing, I move them pretty quick. So uh, because we're probably getting close to where I have to have it graded or I'm not going to have anything to turn in. I mean, I've got to have grades too. So uh, I'll do a little revision and I'll adjust it based on what we've been working on or how much time I have. So uh, we might do a little verb, uh, you know, kind of a uh, look at the verb. I really look at the verbs a lot. Almost every time I look at the verbs. So I have the students look at their verbs and I, we look at different parts of their verbs. Do they have, uh, you know, are they writing with active verbs? Are they writing with passive verbs? Or are they, um, you know, uh, the verb tense is correct. So we, we look at verbs a lot because I really think the verb is the heart, if you will, the sentence, the the main part of the sentence without a verb, you don't really have one. And so I want them to be able to identify them. And of course, the verb is the thing that changes. You got three different types of verbs and they play such an important role in a sentence. So I make sure that no matter what, we always do a verb. Uh, but as far as schedule goes, I kind of look at them. So I'm pretty loose at the beginning and I tighten up towards the end. And I typically tighten up because I'm facing a deadline. I'm running out of time and I got to have that third grade in usually. So, and I'll let them know that. But I, when I tighten them up, it's usually during the revision and the editing part. That very last week, I tighten them up pretty good. But up until then, they pretty much work at their own pace. So I just, I just watch them and make my decisions there. But I don't run them through... I caution anybody, I don't think it's authentic to say Monday's uh, pre-writing, Tuesday, okay, now you're drafting, Thursday, you're revising, and edit, Friday, you turn it in. To me, that's that's not that's not real workshop. That's just an assignment. So that's what I think. Not real workshop. That's just an assignment. What a great... <laughs> Closer to this, I, I wanted to keep this episode short just because of our time. But ladies right. and gentlemen, if there is something you want us to dive into on here, something that we didn't address about publishing that you would like us to do, submit a question. You can send it to my DMs. You can send it to the submit a question link at craftandjaffworkshop.com. But that's Pamela Trump, Jacob Chastain. Like I said, we are two seventh grade English teachers down here living, living the dream, as they say in teaching land. But we got a lot to dive into on this podcast come back next week for another fantastic conversation hopefully we got some things to talk about we got some ideas some things in the works oh you know what before 
I let us go, you guys. And I'm going to say this on the podcast. When Uh-oh. we did our... <laughs> this usually means I'm going to have to do something. <laughs> usually. But no, it really it really doesn't I'm on this one. You. I just... I'm I, really I wanted teasing. to. <laughs> We've gotten some messages from people who oh. saw our, uh, they have seen our craft book, draft book set up, our hour and 20 minute episode uh, oh, yes. that we that we put on YouTube for a while and then we took it down after a month. There were some people who only saw like half of that. They saw, uh, they, they, they had like little sections or whatever and they wanted to go back, but it's taken down. So here's what... I'm going to promise is that in some form or fashion, we are going to have something very soon that you can access uh, that that will always be yours and it'll be something that you can go back to and reference. We we need to do it correctly because the reason for those people who don't know, the reason the video's down is because, you know, as much as we do want to help people and we do this podcast for free and everything else like that, it is intellectual property. I, there are people that, I mean, Donald and Miller, like they get all of their stuff stolen all the time when stuff gets thrown on Teachers Pay Teachers. And we're just trying to protect um, our own stuff. So there's some ways that we might be able to do this, but I'm making that promise to everyone that it's coming. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for news on that. Hopefully we'll be able to announce something soon, but ladies and gentlemen, right. this is it for craft and draft. Know that we are here for you. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I really am there for I'm you. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> I love all of y'all. Thank y'all for listening. <laughs> And that is Jacob Chastain, who left me hanging because I was waiting for all of his other spiel. (laughs) Uh, Y'all have a good night.